Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flyered Up Podcast. I'm your host, Amadeo Garcia, along with my partner, Chris Mayer. It's been a little bit since we've been back here at the Flyered Up Podcast to talk some hockey here. The Stanley Cup Finals have just gotten underway. Game one just happened last night. Dallas takes that game by a score of 4-1. to one. They take a one nothing series lead. It's been an interesting time. Some news also going around in the NHL, and also some involves your Flyers. The Flyers re-signed Nicholas Albin-Kubel to a contract extension, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. There's some rumors circling around the Flyers, too, so we'll get into that a little bit, too. Some discussions possibly about the the start of next season, what the NHL plans to do and all that stuff. And we'll talk about all that stuff in a little bit. But the one thing I feel like we should talk about first is the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Yesterday's game, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, Chris, but that game was... It was, it was a good game to watch, a good get, way to start off the finals. It, honestly, Dallas taking that game by a score of 4-1. to one. It was a very nice. Like, like Chris, what did you think? What did you think about the finals first game? I, I wasn't really surprised. I mean, I'm I'm kind of – honestly, I'm, I'm riding Dallas in the series anyway. Um, I've been riding Dallas since they beat Calgary, and I think that was game five or four, whatever game, whatever game they beat Calgary in, um, to move on past the qualifying rounds. But um, – Actually, no, that was the first round. Yeah, the first round, sorry. Um, but even still, um, you know, I, 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 again, I have Calgary or uh, Dallas. I have Dallas, you know, I have them winning in seven games. Um, I think Dallas is a very good team. They're very underrated. Um, you know, some people think that they're just winning because of Hudobin, and some people think Hudobin isn't really playing that good. Like, everybody's pitching in. I'm just, I don't understand it, but, um, Besides that, um, I'm not really surprised, honestly. Um, one thing I, I wouldn't be surprised about, though, is that if Tampa Bay comes out in the next game and wins, because, again, Dallas had four days off, Tampa had one, Tampa's just coming out of the Eastern Conference Final, and then they got to go right into the Cup Final. You don't really have, like, that little break that they usually have um, there, you know, going from the Conference Finals to the Cup Final, um, and then having, you know, the media day right after your last game, and then going, oh, game one's the next night, oh, okay. So, you know, they just go right into it, and they probably were really nervous. Um, I mean, they had eight shots for the first 30 minutes of the game, which is really unlikely for Tampa. Then they had 22 in the third period. So, you know, again, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay comes out swinging, but again, I thought it was a good game from Dallas, uh, and, and now they have the uh, one nothing lead, and they're not three wins away from their first cup since uh, 99. So, <laughs> And it's it's been a great final, honestly. I mean, like, not, not even the finals in general. What Dallas has done like just with the way they looked in the round robin tournament, they just looked out of sync. They couldn't score. Bishop got hurt. They had to start to open, and no one really had hope right there. But just like ever since the they ever since Calgary, they went up two nothing in their series, I believe, and then Dallas came back. And especially when they won Game Six after being down three nothing, and then just came back and clawed their way back and scored like a ton of goals unanswered. Yeah, they it was just seven. like I, th- like that's when. They started to click. That's when they felt like, okay, they're reaching their potential at this point. Maybe let's see the way it can go right here. They they go through Colorado. They go through seven games. I would say get a little bit of luck in there because Colorado was a bit injured in that series. But, hey, they still played good. They managed to win a game seven in overtime. They manhandle Vegas. They, they, they breeze by them and also went advanced in the overtime. And now they're in the finals. They deserve to be there. And the same can be said about Tampa Bay. They fought off their demons in Columbus beat them final game in overtime. They beat off Boston, the team that was in the Stanley cup finals last season. They beat off a tough Islanders team who drew it to a game six. And I feel like going towards the end of that series, the Islanders were finding a way to shut down Tampa, but I think Tampa Bay was just too good. They were just too good to be shut down fully. And that's why they won game six. And now they're in game six. I mean, not game six. They're in the finals now. And both teams deserve to be here. And like you said, Chris, I'm also pushing towards Dallas. I just feel like they're, they're, even though I believe Tampa Bay all around is a much better team than Dallas, but I feel like Dallas is just like on this other level right now with the way they're playing, the way they're clicking, especially Hudobin. Hudobin is, oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> it's just like, like you, you didn't expect this for him to be this. And this is his first playoff run in his career. It's just like, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, I know. Dude, He's he's been insane. Like I, I have and, never seen, like I had never seen it. And just like that third period where Tampa Bay came, comes out flying, twenty-two shots, and Dallas only has two. 
It's just like, and especially that one save Hudobin made, it was like, I think around like maybe six, seven, five minutes left in the third period. It was a shot from the slot from a Kalorn, I believe it was. And he just makes this ridiculous glove save to like rob him of a snipe right there. I'm like, oh my goodness, Hudobin, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. What? And it's funny too, because, and like I saw this this morning um, on Twitter and it was talking about Hudobin. Uh, and saying maybe the Flyers go after him this year. I'm like, there is no way. Like to me, I I think, I think there's a couple of reasons on that. And it's like, I feel like a lot of the times that Flyers fans always complain and wish that the players that are playing good in the playoffs were on our team. And we think that once the season ends, we should just go out for them and whatnot. When we're just kind of disregarding all the needs and the things that the Flyers actually have to do this season with limited cap space. Number two. I don't I I honestly I, I probably ninety five percent am sure to you that there is no way that Dudobin leaves Dallas after this performance. And another thing is that the Flyers are Brian Elliott. So like so to, to me this kind of ties into what we were gonna talk about as well is that, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this to you and then I'll kinda go into my point is that do you think the Flyers sign Elliott and off of that list that I sent you before we did this um, what guys do you think that they could sign, you know, it, with all these goaltenders on the market now and free agency and things like that, and, uh, you know, just going into next season and throughout the offseason? Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that answer in a second. The one point I want to bring about Hudobin is that, like what you said, Chris, Dallas is definitely not going to want to let go of him. And also, like, mm-hmm. think about it like this. Bishop goes into the round robin injured. It's up to Hudobin. And Hudobin had an amazing regular season, too. He had, like, a 930 save percentage throughout the regular season and just that say if bishop wasn't injured and bishop was playing to the level he can play bishop would have been the starter hands down and thinking about just uh if if say dallas does win the stanley cup and who dobin p- continues to play the way he has been playing and he is a free agent after the season he's he's gonna want some money and he's probably not gonna want to be a backup because he feels like he has a couple more years left if uh, he has that 1A, 1B situation with the Dallas Stars and Ben Bishop. He's right. definitely, like, the Flyers are going to want to pay a backup goaltender that much money. No. It's just not going to happen. And that's the thing. And that's the thing. I, you know, he could be a role guy, too, where maybe he takes a cheaper deal to stay with Dallas, you know? Maybe, maybe. That, that could be something. I mean, really, you never know. That is a good point, too, is that maybe he could want a number one role. Um, but then again, it's like, would he, you know, basically fall down back to earth again. That's the thing. That's also the question, too. Maybe Because it's the thing, if you're paying him that much money, who he's been really a backup goaltender for a couple of years. I mean, he's won a Stanley Cup, but he was an emergency backup goalie for Boston when they won in 2011. Um, and I don't even think he, he actually didn't even play a playoff game that year. So is he, yes, he's a Stanley Cup champion, but is he really a Stanley Cup champion, if you get what I mean? No. Um, yeah, so, again, um, I, you know, to me, um, you know, with Brian Elliott, um, I'm actually, you know, I'm going to leave that to you first. I'm going to leave the Elliott <laughs> to you because I, I kind of want to go off a little bit on that. So just give me your thoughts there on, uh, on Moose. Okay. So in terms of the, like, I know there's been like talks around there talking about Chuck Fletcher and like, what, uh-huh. uh, what's he going to do going into this off season with the backup goaltender situation? Is he going to bring back Elliott? Is he going to go for another option? I do feel like. Brian Elliott is the the option to go with. I don't feel like he's going to demand that much money on the market. I feel like he's in his late 30s. He's not going to be a starter wherever he goes. I feel like at this point in his career, he's a 1B type of option or he's a backup goaltender. And he's a, he's a solid backup goaltender in that fact. So I feel like Chuck Fletcher, I feel like he's going to want to try his hardest to re-sign Elliott, but I don't feel like it'll be for that much. I feel like it'll be around the same contract he got this year. Maybe he goes for another one-year deal worth $2 million. Who knows, maybe Elliott takes a pay cut to stay with the Flyers because I know he likes playing for the organization, so maybe that's a possibility right there. Maybe you sign him for two years, maybe for $2 million a year, maybe something around that type of deal. But uh, to go off of this list, Chris, so th- there, there are a ton of goaltenders on the free agency market this year, and there are definitely some goaltenders that are where, way out of the Flyers level and where the Flyers just don't need. But I'm going yeah. to read them anyway. So uh, at the top of the list, you go Braden Holpe, who's definitely going to be a lot of money on the market, Corey Crawford, Jimmy Howard, Robin Lehner, Craig Anderson, Jake Markstrom, Tomas Grice, Cam Talbot, 
Anton Hudobin, Michael Condon, Brian Elliott, Mike Smith, Aaron Dell, Keith Kincaid, Lauren Brassois, Louis Domingue, Ryan Miller, Nicholas Westerholm, Anton Forsberg, Alex Lyon, John Gillis, Garrick Sparks, uh, where else? Zach McIntyre, Scott Wedgwood, Kevin Poulin, Michael Hutchinson, Shane Starrett, J.F. Barube, Jared Carreau, Maxime Legace, Andrew Hammond, Tori Grosnick, Chris Gibbon, Richard Bachman, uh, Kevin Boyle, and Ant- Anton Bebo. So looking at this list, if you're talking about goaltenders that the Flyers could possibly go after just to say if Elliott doesn't come back and they don't want to re-sign him, it, there's some goaltenders on this list maybe that can be a backup for the Flyers, I would say. If I'm looking at this right now, maybe a guy like a Jimmy Howard, maybe a guy like a Tomas Grice who's been in a 1A, 1B situation before, maybe he'll be used to that. Maybe a guy like uh, Craig Anderson, but I feel like he's past his time. Mike Smith probably no, because I feel like he would want to be a starter, even though he's almost pushing 40 at this point. Uh, Aaron Dell, maybe he's been in a, a backup role with San Jose. Maybe, who knows, if he wants to be a starter, I doubt he'll get that type of job anywhere. Maybe he'll just be a backup somewhere. Maybe that's a possibility. Uh, other goaltenders, uh, they're just like... Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you can't, you know, it's guys. It's like ah, I don't know because I don't know these. I don't. I really don't know some of these guys. Um, I know Scott Wedgwood. Think he? I th- he played like I think around like twenty to thirty games this year in the AHL. Um, some of them I don't really know. Like I know McIntyre, Zane McIntyre, um, and and like you know, there's two guys on that list that are in the Flyers organization. You know, Elliot and Lyon. Yes. So my thing is, is that. To me, there's a couple things, right? Elliot, you know, it, it's one thing where, you know, Elliot wants to be here, right? And I think the thing is, is that he knows what he can bring and what he's capable of, right? With the injuries that he's had and things like that. Um, also age and everything. Carter Hart wants him to be here again. That's another thing you got to keep into in consideration. Um, and I think the thing is, is that we know what Elliot can bring. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that there aren't many other options, but why would you just move on to him, move on from him to move on from him? I would rather them try to work it out with Elliot. There's also been whispers of him actually retiring this year too. So I don't know if that's a hundred percent. Um, you know, there's been talk about that. So hopefully that isn't the case. Uh, we could get Moose back for another year. I think he'll get a one year deal if he signs with the Flyers, really anybody, he'd probably get a one year deal if he doesn't retire. Um, but again, I think Moose is the perfect option. I think he played good for the Flyers. Um, again, the numbers don't really explain what he actually brought to the team. He played against some of the top teams in the league at times. Uh, he played a lot versus Washington Capitals. He was one of the, you know, the, really the, one of the reasons why the Flyers won some of these games on the road. Uh, because again, with the Flyers, what they did with the home and the road splits with Hart and Elliott, having Moose on the road. Um, again, and he won them some games. He stole them games. He kept them in games. He did a lot of things for the Flyers this year, and I think his play has honestly really benefited for them and the team. Uh, and, and and then, as I said, I mean, down the stretch, he won them some big games. Um, he was absolutely phenomenal in the in the one in the uh, I believe it was the second game of the Columbus home and home or the first game. I can't remember, but it, it, it was on the road. Um, it was the Kevin Hayes overtime winner. It's absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal that night. Had a couple big wins versus the Capitals, as I said. Um, and again, I think Moose is, you know, he knows what he can bring here. Um, and as, and again, you know, and, and, and as I said, I think the Flyers, they know what, you know, like they know what Moose can bring. And I think with hit with, you know, with management and things like that, I mean, to me, if you're starting goaltender once and back and you can do it, I think it's kind of a no brainer, honestly. Um, but again, I think the Flyers are right there with meeting in the middle kind of thing. Um, but again, I think it'll still be a one-year deal. Uh, and, and one thing is that I'm not saying that, you know, Moose or, or, or you know, I, I should rephrase that, that I'm not saying that the Flyers don't have any other options either. You know, the, that could be something. But again, they're not really in the position to be going and looking for guys in the system to be a backup goal, backup goalie in the NHL yet. They don't really have that. I don't, I would not. Uh, I honestly would not think that they do that with Lyon. I think Lyon has to be AHL. 
Um, and again, you know, there are a lot of things they can do, um, but I think Moose is the perfect fit here. I can see that definitely. And also, like, you got to bring up that stretch that he had when uh, Carter Hart was down with an injury and he right. started a lot of games for us. And Alex Lyon did get that one game against Colorado, but Brian yeah. Elliott was great when the uh, Carter Hart went down with an injury. I think during one of those games, he had a shutout against Pittsburgh at home. Yeah, so that he had the was shutout uh, against Pittsburgh. Uh, he had then and they went into the All Star break, um, and they, as you said, they had some big games. Uh, and then you know it was the game that I was actually in Pittsburgh was the game that Elliott started, and he looked really good that night. Um, so so again, I'm and, and 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 that's kind of where I'm getting at here is that he had some big games. It's not like you know we're gonna you know just you know look at his season just of off the numbers. And, and again, I think Elliott's been really good all year. So why wouldn't they try to bring him back? Also, too, his numbers were probably like escalated a little bit just because about what happened during the beginning of the season, like when Carter Hart was struggling on the road. Brian Elliott was also in the game where Pittsburgh scored seven plus goals and they decided to keep him in the game the entire time. Yeah. So, like, like, he's been in, in net for some of those games where the team just never showed up and left him to drive. But, like, like you said, Brian Elliott has in his couple of years here, he's been one of the reasons why the Flyers won a lot of games. Like, yeah. especially in 27-18, he was uh, basically the main reason the Flyers made the playoffs, even though when he went down with injury, he kept them in a lot of games. And, yeah. that's and where, he, was, uh, he was hurt in that year, too. He was. He definitely was. And uh, it's a, uh, I would say, bring it back, same deal. If I'm not sure if he would vouch for retirement. I feel like he's, he's still at a right time of his age where he can still yeah. play at a good I level, he... at a high level. Yeah, and I think the thing is he wants to go out on a good note, too. I don't think he wants to go out on a second-round Game 7 loss. Oh, definitely not. I would, I would, maybe that'll be the uh, maybe it'll be a story where he goes out on the note where he wins the Stanley Cup with the Flyers. Maybe that's a possibility, and you never know. But I'm, I'm not going to go that far to the extent. We just got to see what the team actually does. Right. And hopefully, hopefully they bring back Elliott. But if you look at that list, there are some options – Jimmy Howard's a guy that stands out to me. Craig Anderson, maybe not. Crawford, Anderson, and maybe, yeah, Crawford, Anderson, and uh, Howard. The only That's, thing is with Anderson, though, is his age. He's 30, 38, 39. Yeah. And the the one thing about Crawford is, is just he might still want to be a starter somewhere. He might demand some money and also injury. Because yeah. Crawford, the past few seasons, has been... Not not to his fault. He's been like a very injury riddled, so that might not be an option for the. Definitely won't be an option right there. I I I do think Jimmy Howard's a guy like you said. Maybe Craig Anderson. Who knows? Maybe a Mike Smith, if the Flyers have to do, go down that road. But I, uh, eh, we'll see what happens in the next uh, few weeks or so. Yeah, we'll definitely and, see and what happens. The thing is too is like you have three three RFAs in Patrick uh, Myers. Um, and Robert Hag, and then you have Elliott as a UFA. You have those four guys, and then you got $6.2 million in cap space. So you really got to look at that um, with, you know, you really got to see and, and, and look at, at how you spend that. Um, as I said, with, with the short money they have with the four guys you got to sign. And then another thing is, too, is that you already signed Obey Kubel. Uh, so so that that's another thing that kind of takes some money off. And also that cap space is 6.2. That also has Limblom's three years, three million in that as well. Um, so, so that's another thing to keep in mind. So that is actually what the Flyers cap space is, uh, as we speak right now. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, going into that next point right there, the Flyers did re-sign young forward Nicholas Obey-Kubel to a two-year contract extension, and he's going to be making $1.075 million a season. So it's a, it's a great contract right there. It's a perfect contract for the type of player that he is. It's not too much, not too little. It's just a perfect amount. And uh, he he proved he can, and he deserved this contract for the way he played when he got called up this year. Played very yeah. well, played a very great fourth line role. It, it didn't uh, do that much in the playoffs just because he's a young guy. Don't really expect that much from a guy yeah, like him. Yeah, his he had a good season. He had a good yeah. showcase season, and uh, hopefully he can build off this. Yeah, so definitely something going into the uh, near future. Hopefully, and just talking about the other RFAs too. You got Myers. I feel like on the what Myers might make, he might make on the terms of maybe what maybe less than maybe like around the same where Sanheim is at this point. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing term. I'm thinking like two years, maybe two million, two and a half, something like that. Yeah, maybe something around there. Robert Haig's definitely not gonna. He's probably gonna make a little less than that. 
probably yeah. around the uh, 1.5, maybe 2.5 range. I wouldn't go above that at all. I would honestly uh, give Hag maybe something that uh, Albi Kubel has, maybe one year, one million or something like that. Something like that, too. And in the, in the, on the terms of Patrick, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. I, like, I think it's – do you think they give him like a one-year like prove-it deal kind of thing? That could be a possibility. Maybe they go on the term. Maybe they go on the term of maybe like a. I wouldn't say go on the term of a Limblom contract because I think Limblom deserved that contract more than Patrick yeah. does right now. And, and, and the thing is, is that Patrick hasn't played in a year, so you can't really give this guy really anything over a million, can you? Yeah, you maybe you go like two years, two million dollars. Maybe you go two years, one million dollars. I wouldn't say one million dollars. That's yeah. I'm, th- I'm thinking maybe a year, nine twenty five. Maybe I give him one year extent. of what he has right now. He's already getting paid nine twenty five, so I'd honestly give him a one year kind of same thing deal, um, and see where it goes from there. If he has a better season, um, then obviously you give him a little bit more money. But then again, you also have Carter Hart next year. You have Couturier Oof. next year, I believe, right? Coots next no, year. Couturier expires, and I think twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, or the following season twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, because his contract expires the same as the year as Drew's does. Yeah, so this whole COVID thing really hurt the hurt the cap, Jesus, because now now the Flyers are just struggling to just find whatever money they can. I mean, they do have some guys, um, and obviously with them, you know, hearing all the trade rumors with Van Riemsdyk and Gossespierre and and all these guys, so. That that is another thing. Um, maybe they do ship out some money. Uh, to maybe get some back. As I said, they got six point two. One thing I wanted to go back and talk about though was uh, Albi Cabell. Is that, you know, he started to play really well when the Flyers got hot. I mean, he had he had uh, fifteen points this year, seven goals, eight assists. Ten of those points came in the last fifteen games of the season when they went twelve three and zero. And Albi Cabell looked really good. I mean, he he played some power play time a little bit there. Uh, in, in late February, had that power play goal versus San Jose at home. Um, and, and he looked really good. I mean, he had, as I said, the goal, uh, you know, versus San Jose. He had one a couple nights later versus Columbus uh, as well when he had the, uh, he had the, I believe, was it, he had the second goal, right? Or the tying goal? I can't I think remember. He had the, I think he had the second goal. Yeah, yeah, he had the second goal that game. Um, but again, that was the game where Hayes scored in overtime. So again, like you know, they got depth scoring at the time, and Albert Kubel was really one of those guys that continued. Um, he played nine games in eighteen nineteen with the Flyers. He didn't really look promising, honestly. I mean, he he didn't record any points or anything like that. But again, it was a really good showing for him, uh, and I was definitely happy to see it. He's really turning into a good pick um, from the fourteen draft in the second round. It's another one of, an, really another one of uh, Hextall's good sleeper picks there, um, and it's, it's really starting to pay dividends for the Flyers. Oh, definitely. And just like going into the terms of like when you're talking about like how tight the cap is right now, how it's going to be that flat cap for like the next two, three seasons. Uh, yeah, the Flyers are definitely in a tight struggle right now, but there's definitely some teams that are probably worse off by oh, this right yeah, now. Toronto is one of them. Honestly, I would say a team like the Islanders might be screwed by this because Matt Barzell's contract expires this year and he's an RFA. And he's definitely going to demand some money. And I think the Islanders only have, like, I would say, around seven, eight million in cap. And I yeah. think Barzell is well, going to demand at least eight. Yeah, exactly. And I think one thing is, too, is that they do have some guys that are expiring with contracts. And they also are a little bit older. So maybe, you know, you got guys like Letty, Andy Green. Do those guys stay around? I, I don't know their contract situations. But, um, again, you know, they definitely do have some movable contracts do they still have Derek Brassard next year like those are some guys that are maybe eating up a little bit of cap I mean really at this point anything helps and I wouldn't be surprised if some teams honestly do things that they wouldn't do in a normal cap situation because of the cap being this tight so that's definitely something to think about as well is that maybe the Flyers make a move they probably wouldn't in a normal world um what normal hockey world I should say um with the cap being like this and things like that so that definitely is another thing that you can think about. Um, they also have Devontae's as well, I think, who's one of their, uh, I believe he's a UFA or RFA, I cannot remember. Um, but they do have a couple other guys. I'm trying to think. To me, there was it seemed like there was a lot of people that were talking about, um, who was it? Oh, uh, Peugeot. Talking about Peugeot's contract and saying that was horrible. Peugeot played absolute dividends for them in the playoffs. And honestly, just them give. I mean, what I'm trying to think, what picks did they actually give up 
Was that just the first? I think oh, it was around the first. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure what else they gave up. I think it might have just been a. F- I think it was actually a first, second, and third. I, I honestly can't remember because I know at the time it looked like it was a lot, and nobody knew if they were going to sign him. And then they right away they signed him to an extension, and they. I was just like, oh my god, they gave him a lot of money. It was like, doesn't he get thirty million? What is I it, think six so. years, five million, something six, like that? Six years, thirty million in totals. Yeah, so he'll make five year, five a year. Yeah, right. So, so that's so, another thing that keep people are kind of looking at, like with that contract uh, and with the Islanders' cap space. But I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. So the uh, picks that were sent to Ottawa from the Islanders, it's a 2020 conditional first rounder, a 2020 second rounder, and a 2022 third rounder. What in that okay. trade? Okay. Here's the, here's yeah. the one question I want to ask you. Just because I I it's going to be a very crazy offseason and anything could happen. Do you think Matt Barzell gets an offer sheet? That is something that honestly I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Um, I maybe see it being something like who got an offer sheet on Carolina? Was it Aho? It was Aho. Aho got one right. Um, yeah, Montreal tried to send him an offer sheet, and then then Carolina had to struggle to get that contract signed. It probably definitely wasn't to the amount they wanted. But uh, Ajo got a nice payday thanks to Montreal. Right. Didn't – was there somebody on the Leafs that got one? I don't think there was. There was no. a bunch of like – there was a bunch of talk. There was that, like, rumors, oh, what? Right? Well, oh, is Mitch Marner going to get an offer sheet or something like that? But it never just yeah. – never happened. I think there's honestly only been two offer sheets in the last like six years. The other one was Ryan O'Reilly in 2014 with Colorado. And then everyone, that... remember, everyone remembers the glorious offer sheet that the Flyers tried to offer Shea Weber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Um, I know uh, if anybody's listening to this right now, there's actually a clip on um, Spit and Chicklets YouTube. They talk with Elliot Freeman. Uh, and this was, I think, last year's offseason or like the beginning of this year. I can't really remember. But he actually answered the question, does Will Barzal get an offer sheet? Um, and he kind of breaks it down a little bit. I don't really, I don't remember exactly what he said, but again, um, I, I'm, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised, um, to be honest with you, because again, he's a very, he's a very high end talented player. Uh, and honestly, if you're a team that needs something, and again, that might be a move that a team doesn't usually make in a regular time, but maybe at this time they will. So that could be something, or maybe they don't do it because of the cap. That's something as well. So again, I'm not really sure. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. And I mean, if they, I, I, there's no way that they don't accept it, to be honest with you, because if the Islanders don't sign Barzal, they're pretty much screwed, to be honest with you. Um, and it's kind of idiotic, really. It's just, but, it's just at this point, like, like they're so tight on, they're so, I think they're like, not like very tight on the cap, but I think like what I said, they're like around the, the seven to $8 million range. And that's definitely not going to be enough to sign Barzell. And I think that's even with the expiring contracts off the sheet. I think yeah. they don't have that much cap space. So like he's not still on his ELC, is he? Who uh Barzell? Yeah. Yeah, this was this is the last year of his entry level. Holy hell. Yeah, I didn't know he was still on his ELC. Jesus. Yeah, he, it's been a yeah, right now their projected cap space is eight point nine million. Wow. And yeah, that, that's gonna be tough. He's gonna want like at least He's going to want at least to eight like seventy five. million a year. Yeah, he's going to. So the expiring contracts right now on the Islanders got Matt Martin, Tom Kunako, Derek Brassard, Matthew Barzell, uh, and there's a uh, three defensemen too: Ryan Pulak, Javon Taves, who are both RFA's, and Andy Green. So they got three RFA's to worry about, three UFA's to worry about. They're probably not going to sign Green. Who knows if they want to bring Grice back? I, I all, can't see them losing Grice. They might. I can't. They got Varlamov on another three years, and then they they signed Ilya Sorokin, too. So he's. They might let. They might let Grice go. You never know. They, they could. Might, that and, could be a very good option for the Flyers. Now the thing is, you would have to pay a lot of money for Grice because again, he's proven he could really play in this league, and he's a very good goalie. Um, man, that's that's tough. My only hope, if I'm an Islanders fan, is Lou Lamorello is my GM. I that's, mean, he just, he just won GM of the year. Like that, that's honestly like my only hope for them is that 
you know, it's Lou Lamorello and he might be able to really help them. And he, you know, he might, he's a guy that I, I'm curious to see what, what Lou would do in that situation with a guy like Barzal, who was a young kid. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there. That's the thing. Like you definitely want to keep your franchise player right there. Right. And, but it's just like, they're either going to have to make a move or they're yeah. just going to have to, I, I I just think that they don't sign some guys. I mean, I mean, what's Martin's cap hit? Do you know? Martin's cap hit was it doesn't say right now just because his contract expired, but I wouldn't assume it's that much. But this is this is their cap space without those guys' contracts, eight point nine. So it's uh, yeah. who yeah, knows? That's if, tight. Yeah, if they bring back Matt Martin, who knows? I they might they might not. They might. Who knows? Tom Kunakel, Who knows? Derek Broussard, Who knows? It's just that, I, that I've been hearing that maybe that's an option for the Flyers, maybe Broussard. Maybe, maybe, but it's, it's just like, oh, like, what do you do right there? Yeah, so like, Martin, Martin was two and a half. Mm, Four years at 2.5. That's, that's going to be a tough option right there, just because, like, how are you, it's like, is there a way Lou Lamorello can convince Barzell to take less money? I highly doubt it. Oh, I, I highly, highly doubt it as well. Um, but again, it is Lou Lamorella. He's not going to let him walk all over him either. Kind of like how Dubas did with Nylander. He's that's not going to happen. Yeah, but so, that's also that's also the thing. Lou Lamorella went during his time in Toronto wasn't the best GM either. So no, he, he he made he some questionable moves in Toronto too. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Um, he did, but then again, um, if you look at the time, the I mean, that's a whole other story, really. That we can get into, yeah. but again. Um, with Barzal, I mean, I honestly don't know. I mean, I don't watch the Islanders on any given night. I would honestly wouldn't be surprised if he got around the five to seven million mark just because of Lou Morello. Personally, I'd have to go million for him. I don't know how many years. Um, maybe he wants a decent term. I'm thinking maybe five or six. I'm thinking maybe six years, something like Pajot got, but just a little bit more money. That who knows that could be a reason he he could sign for that for some reason I just have this feeling Barzell is going to want a lot of money just he for, could like he won rookie of the year even though he hasn't like made it to like the point he's been around the point total that he got in his rookie year but like he's been flat out amazing in the playoffs oh yeah just, he was absolutely not amazing this year I just, I cannot stand when that guy touched the puck yeah it's just I have a feeling either that. They're going to be very tight on the cap and have to sign them to an outrageous contract, or someone's going to offer sheet them and also put the Islanders in a terrible spot. I just have that, that feeling. Yeah, I, I could, I could really see the offer sheet being something, but then again, is Lou Morello able to wor- able to work around an offer sheet like that? Never know. You never you know. know. Is it that might be something? It's just the tight cap space that's a problem right there. Yeah, that that's the thing. The flat cap screws over so many teams this year. One team that probably benefits from it, it's it's a, a team like Colorado. They have a lot of cap space. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, is they also have to sign McKinnon. They do. They're yeah. going to have to sign McKinnon eventually. And that's like, like, like th- that's probably half of their cap hit right there. At I mean, least they have like twenty two million, and then they'll have probably like twelve or eleven. Uh, imagine I if, think... imagine if Joe Shack- Sackick offers sheeted Matt Barzell. Just imagine having Matt Barzell on the Islanders, not the oh Islanders, the uh, the Colorado oh Avalanche. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I would hate playing Colorado. Oh, I, I feel like anyone I, would. I, that would be terrible for the Central Division teams. <laughs> oh, my God. That would just be atrocious. Could you imagine that? Yeah. I, that'd be... With Barzal, McKinnon, and Rantanen. Oh, Dude, God. That, if, that... If, that, if, that, if that line didn't score a goal every time they were on the ice, they should be benched for five games. <laughs> they're they're going to score two goals. They're going to score two goals a shift. That's what's oh, going to happen. God, I, th- I think he, I think each guy is going to have you know pot a hat trick every night. Oh my Jesus. goodness! <laughs> I, like you, you might as well just give the the cup to Colorado already. I mean, you should. And like, there's also like that one thing, like in terms of like free agency too. Like, where do, where do you think a guy like Petrangelo goes? Where do you think he goes? Doesn't look because... like it's going to be St. Louis. Yeah, they have talks to him. They they, they tried to talks. Get... They went the other way. It looks like, and it looks like he's hitting the market October 9th. Yeah, I um, heard. I heard talks like they tried to offer him like around seven something million. He didn't want it. He wanted something higher, and St. Louis wasn't willing to go there. Why would he want that? <laughs> That's a good why, question. Why you, I mean, there's basically low ball on your captain right there. 
basically. That's uh, I'm thinking. You know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb. You know who I think it's signing him? Who? Vegas Golden Knights. Hmm. I think that's the guy Vegas needs. Interesting. They need that number one D man. Interesting. They need a guy who's you know they're supposed to have a captain coming in the next season. I don't know if you heard that. Um, they're supposed to they're supposed to be named a captain the next time they hit the ice. So hmm. uh, I personally think it'll be Patcheretti, if anything. Um, could be him. Uh, who, speaking of that, who do you think could be the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights? First captain in franchise history. Honestly, I feel like it would be. Hmm. I'm thinking Patcheretti or Mark Stone. I'm thinking Mark Stone or who who knows, maybe William Carlson gets it. Mm, I like that. that. Maybe that's the thing. I don't know many guys over there who are like real like leaders. I mean, I, I again, I don't watch Vegas every night. I don't know. Yeah, it's if you look at this right here, uh, Vegas has four point nine in cap space right now. The contracts that they're losing currently are Nick Cousins, who is an RFA, surprisingly still yeah. uh, Chandler Stevenson, who's an RFA. How old is Cousins? Twenty six. 27. 27, okay. And they're losing uh, Tomas Nosek, who's a UFA. Okay. They are losing uh, John Merrill, who's a UFA. They're losing Derek Angland, who's a UFA. And they're going to be losing Robin Lehner. But right. that's still... Well, they already signed Lehner. Con- they did? Yeah, they already signed Lehner. Lehner got did. like five years, five-something, I think. Hmm. Yeah, Lehner already got signed. No, it doesn't even say that contract on the cap friendly right now. Does it? Weird. Maybe that's updated after the playoffs. Maybe Actually, that's yes. weird because I know, you know, did he get? No, he did get signed. I don't think he ever got signed. No, he did. It's I either I'm it's that. either I'm an idiot or I don't think he got signed. Well, you're always an idiot. Yeah, that's also too. <laughs> no, no, I'm just messing with you. Um, why don't? I oh, here, yep, see... there it is. Vegas Golden Knights' Robin Lehner has a handshake agreement on a five-year contract extension with $5 million an- annual value, according to a league source. Oh, uh, okay. But no, that was the contract he denied. That was he the whole rumor that? That, that was the whole rumor that there was a contract extension going on with him, but they were saying he denied it or something like that. I wonder why he denied it. Maybe he didn't want to do it right now during the playoffs. And maybe because the whole situation going on with Flurry too. Yeah, it's, it's right here. It says uh, on an article on NHL.com, it says Robin Lehner denied that he has agreed to a contract with Vegas. A report Friday said that Vegas uh, and Lehner agreed to a five-year, $25 million contract to be signed after the playoffs. And his quote is saying, yeah, well, it's not true. Wow. Hmm. That's that's a head-scratcher. I, I could have... I thought he... Because I remember... I, I might be... I, I don't know if I'm talking completely uh, making sense here, but um, I could have sworn they brought it up that he signed a contract on the NBC broadcast. No, maybe they were talking about that contract that he denied. I, I can I vividly remember Eddie Olchek bringing up something about Robin Leonard and him signing a contract that day, the night of the game. And I, yeah. I think it was when they were playing Vancouver, I think. Yeah, I think I, that. Report came out like September, like the couple weeks ago in September, like around like between the tenth and the twelfth, maybe somewhere around there. I, th- I I don't remember when it was. It might have been earlier than that. I'm honestly not really sure. But yeah, that I could have sworn that's that's why I said it because I thought he was, I thought he just got signed. That's why I said that. Yeah, well, I guess according to reports, he denied it. Yeah, well, he I, denied I, I, he denied the rumor. Thing. Oh, he denied the rumor. Yeah. Hmm. Because the rumor was going out there, like what what it said that they offered him, or they haven't had an agreement for after the playoffs ended, where he would sign an extension, and he said no, that's not true. Hmm. So I, I have a feeling he wants to test the free agency market. Maybe, maybe he wants to get more money. Probably. Maybe he wants to be the defined starter. Maybe that's why he doesn't want to. Because again, he's got to compete with Flurry. Because it's like if Flurry's hot, you know, Flurry's starter. Then, yeah. you know, like it and really with Vegas, I just see them riding the hot goalie. And then there's the whole debacle too. Like, if, is Vegas going to trade Fleur in the off season? True. That that's also a point right there. Right. That's another thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I could see. I could see a couple teams trying to go for Flurry if they need it. I mean, if the Capitals lose Holpe, they could go for Flurry. That I mean, they have the assets to trade. That could be something for Samsonov to come in. 
Um, so that's definitely something as well. I could see the Caps definitely going for Flurry. If it does, then you got Flurry back in the Metropolitan Division, which would stink because again, the Metro is already getting better. Um, with who just signed in the Metro? Oh, with uh, not not signed. Um, you got Lafreniere with the Rangers, uh, who's most likely going to be getting drafted by them. I don't know why they wouldn't take him, but <laughs> just in case, that's why I say most likely because things get crazy. Things crazier things have happened. But, um, yeah, Rangers could trade the first overall pick. You just never know. <laughs> I would gladly hope for... that would happen. Yeah, that would be nice. But um, the no. Rangers trade the first overall pick for Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they trade it for uh, Lawrence Brassois. Hit the rights to Brassois. <laughs> could you imagine that? Him and like yeah. Zane McIntyre. Oh my God! Could you like? And one thing is too is like, Lundqvist could maybe be on the move too. I wonder, does there, did you see that report the other day? Yeah, that apparently Lundqvist said goodbye to his teammates after the loss to uh, Carolina. Yeah, because at this point, he he knows he's probably not going to be on the team next year. Oh no! What, Who what? knows if if he if he contemplates retirement or something like no, that? Maybe. Dude, I don't want him to retire. As he might, as I know, but as like like the fan, the hockey fan in me does not want him to retire. Because I, I, I would love to see him win a cup, honestly. He's probably the one Ranger I don't honestly hate. Yeah, he he definitely, he's, he's if it doesn't happen, he's definitely going to go down as one of the best players in this generation to not win a cup. Yeah, he's it's, probably one of the, he's probably like top, probably top, definitely top three. I mean, him, Marlowe, yeah. Thornton are probably the guys, the three guys I can really think off the top of my head, maybe Ben and Sagan too. Maybe, but who knows? They they have their chance to win the cup right now. So. Right, right, and that's well, the thing. No, Sagan's won. They the can cup take their names off. Oh yeah, I'm so stupid. I don't know why I even said that. <laughs> oh my god, that that's a real head smacker. I hope everybody who's listening to this just call me an idiot as they're listening right now. Seriously, Chris, you got the Robin like, Lane contract you, now. Tyler Sagan hasn't won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Oh, everybody, okay. just flick off the. It's all right. Just flick off the podcast now. Just, oh, you know, it's it's all out of your iPhone. Flick it up. It's all right. <laughs> it's all love right here. So, one point that I want to bring up, going back to the Flyers. So, there's been this whole there. There's been talks going on right now. There's you've been hearing rumors like going left and right so far that the Flyers are trying to move some cap space because there's been a report that the Flyers are haven't talked to any of the RFAs yet besides Nicholas Albert-Kubel, who they just resigned. They haven't talked to Haig. Haven't talked to Patrick, haven't talked to Myers, haven't talked to guys like Elliot or anything like that, because maybe right now they're focusing on maybe trying to move some cap space off the team, if that's a possibility. And there's some reports that Sam Carcitti, he's like, this is just what he thinks at this point, that the Flyers might try to trade both James Van Riemsdyk and a Shane Gostas Bear, maybe somewhere, if that's even possible. That yeah. would be flat out amazing if that happens. Because I, I don't know what team Bright might would take a JVR contract, but at this point maybe it's a flip flop. You maybe trade JVR, you get another contract in return or something like that. And this is one thing that I wanted to bring up to you, Chris. So I know there's a lot of people out there that don't trust the Eklund and the hockey buzz stuff like that, but right. the, the guy does get stuff right sometimes. He knows a lot of people that are involved with NHL teams, and he gets the inside sources from these places. Yeah. And when they do their usual like roundtable podcast, just talking about like the rumors that are going back and forth between the uh, teams and stuff like that, they brought up that uh, the Flyers and Chuck Fletcher they might try to go. They're definitely going to try and go out there and trade for a guy like Johnny Gaudreau. And they're saying that maybe uh, Shane Gossespear might be involved in that contract. Maybe James, maybe both JVR and Gossespear are involved. And the Flyers like get a Gaudreau. Maybe they get another bad contract in return or something. Maybe they get like a Lucic contract in return. Or who knows? It's Lucic. it's like something. It's like something on those t- terms. It's like I was thinking about like, huh, Lucic. And then it's <laughs> like when I look at his cap, he's only making three million because Edmonton retained the salary. So it's like, eh, do I want Milan Lucic though? But like, it, it's all speculation at this point. But I do believe on the point that Chuck Fletcher might try to push for a guy like Johnny Gaudreau. I just have that feeling. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see it. Um, I don't know, man. I really don't know. I mean, 
honestly, I don't see them moving JVR and Ghost in the same package. I, I don't think that's even possible. You're moving $11.5 million of cap space one way. There's no way on God's green earth that that's going through to any NHL team, um, especially in a flat cap world. So I don't think they do that in the same trade. Um, I think what hurts them is JVR's contract because it's a harder to move. If it was at $6 million, would have been a little bit easier to move, but because it's that extra million at seven, it's a little bit like, eh, I'm not really sure if I want to make that because it's seven million. Um, another thing is too, is if you want to get a high risk player, you are basically letting a guy like Phil Myers or Travis Sanheim or somebody else be exempt in the expansion draft because you have to protect that player. Um, and it's just say, for example, who I brought up before, Matt Dumba, say the Flyers get Matt Dumba in some trade, right? They would have to protect him. You have to leave somebody out um, as well. So that's already another guy. So I don't know if they go for a top-end player. It's another guy you have to already put into the expansion draft conversation. I'm not sure if they do that right now with the, as you said, the flat cap expansion after this season, um, after this upcoming season. So, again, I'm not really sure if they do that. My thing is, is I think they probably wait to the draft to make a move. I think they move Ghost first. Um, if they're going to do anything, I personally think they'll probably keep JVR just because his, his cap is harder to move. Um, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if, if either of them are moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, it's going to be an interesting off season. I, like I said, in like a previous episode, I do believe that either one or both JVR and Shane Gosses bear won't be on the flyers next year. <laughs> I just have that feeling it's going to happen. Who knows? Maybe maybe you do see Johnny Gaudreau in a Flyers uniform next season. You just, you just got to wait. And I feel like maybe it happens during the draft. Maybe it happens after the draft, right before free agency and stuff like that. It's And I'm looking at the expansion draft rules right now. So when I'm looking at it right now, it says the protection list. So each team can protect up to seven forwards, three defensemen, one goaltender, or nine players regardless of their position. It says all players with no movement clauses must be protected unless they agree to waive. So Claude Drew's right there. Uh, I think Kevin Hayes is right there. Does Kevin Hayes have a no movement clause in his contract? Yeah. Yes, he does. So like those are two players that you automatically have to protect. Maybe you look at Sean Gatori, definitely going to be a guy that you would want to protect. Uh, Ivan Provorov, Travis Konechny, you would have to protect those guys. And there's definitely going to be some guys left on the board. And uh, Carter Hart is most likely a guy that you're going to have to protect. Like I don't know why we leave Carter Hart on the board right there. And it yeah, says that's, that's kind of just dumb. And it says teams must expose players who meet the certain criteria. There must be at least one defenseman and two forwards who are under contract for the 2021-2022 season and played at least 40 NHL games in 2020-2021 or 70 games in total in the NHL since the start of 2019-2020. Teams must also expose a goaltender who is either under contract for the 2021-22 season or is about to enter a restricted free agency. And then Seattle, so it's a, and Seattle actually has some selection rules as well. So Seattle must select one player from each franchise except for Vegas. So that's interesting right there. I never knew that. And then the final roster for Seattle has to include at least 14 forwards, nine defensemen, and three goalies. At least 20 of the 30 players selected have to be under contract for 2021-2022. So uh, it's, it's going to be a interesting year, definitely. Yeah. You think? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's going to be uh, a little weird. Um, a little. Jesus, that's, that's a major understatement. Um, I mean, literally, we're going to be starting games in, what, December, January? I mean, literally, the World Juniors could be starting before the NHL. Just think of that. Exactly. And, like... um. Just like the NHL, like what they're going on with their discussions right now, like Gary Bettman says, he does anticipate an 82 game season. It's just that, like they, st- they still don't know the start date. There was like an anticipated date around December 1st or something like that. But it's just like they don't know. Could it be December? Could it be before Christmas? Could it be in January, mid-January? It's just like, uh, can we decide on a date first before you say an 82 game season at this yeah. point? Like, can we decide when's it going to be? Like, is there going to be is it going to be a couple of bubbles? Are teams going to be allowed to play at their home arenas just like with no fans in attendance? Are we going to have like minimal fans? Are we going to have like what's going on here? Like yeah. I know Chris Bettman talked about 
the possibility that we start with no fans, then go to minimal fans, then go to 50%. full stadiums. Yeah. Well, I think I think he said actually no, and then fifty, then full, um, is the exact thing of what he said. But again, like I wouldn't. Then that's the thing. It's like if they're talking about that, then I don't see them doing bubbles because again, you can't do a bubble if you're gonna have fans. So that doesn't really help you. Um, I know that, I, and I, when I brought up the World Juniors, that's going to be in the Edmonton bubble. That's they already said that. So that means that. If they're looking at the World Juniors being around the normal time it usually is, which is right around the day, really the day after Christmas around there, um, I don't think the NHL is going to be starting. Like, it looked like it was December 1st. Now it got pushed back. So that's the thing. It's like maybe you have minimal travel. Maybe you do something like the MLB is doing where you have they play in, like, little increments and they kind of go, like, really all over. They don't play every team. Um so that's something they they maybe do. Maybe they do east versus east, west versus west. Maybe they, like there could be so many things they could do. You might see more, which this could be something they do. Maybe they go back to playing teams six times a year. Maybe that's something they do. Maybe you see the Flyers against Pittsburgh or the Rangers at six times, three times at home, three times away. Maybe that's something they do. Maybe just to add a little bit more games. Maybe they maybe they actually do a shortened season because they have to maybe start in January. You know, they've talked about the first game of the year being the Winter Classic and having 50% fans. That might be something they do. We don't really know. Um, you know, there's so many things we could probably sit here. Pretty much, I'm sure, everything that me and Amadeo probably say will be completely wrong. So this is kind of just our pure, like, I guess, speculation, really. Um I'm not really sure. Go ahead. The one thing that I'm that I'm thinking they can may do, and this is probably not going to happen, like Chris just said, <laughs> but um maybe they can go on the route of what baseball did, and you do like the way baseball is doing it. It's like both the uh, all the East teams play each other, all the Central teams play each other, all the West teams play each other. Maybe in terms of what the NHL could do, maybe like just all. I'm not sure if it's like because the whole the whole situation comes down to the Canadian border if it's going right. to be open and, and stuff like that to allow travel back and forth from America and Canada. And the question is like maybe you do do you do just like a Eastern Conference bubble? Well, not like say a bubble, just the Eastern Conference teams play each other and just the Western Conference teams play each other or something like that. It's a it's a question that's definitely going to be talked about for the next couple of months right here after the finals end. And the draft ends definitely going to be talked about, and they're going to have to come to some type of decision soon. Just because it were, basically the days are going by very fast right here. It, like literally yesterday, we were talking about the playoffs just starting in eight, in August, and now it's almost the end of September. We're two weeks into the football season, and we're already at the Stanley Cup Finals right now. Right. So it's I like mean, uh, we the Flyers play that exhibition game versus Pittsburgh on July twenty eighth. Yeah, it's it, it flew by. It flew by like it was nothing, and like like I said during this time, time means absolutely nothing at this point. It, it's been flying by. It I, I just can't imagine. I just can't like come to fathom like how quickly it's gone by. Literally, we were just talking about like a couple weeks ago the Flyers were eliminated in the second round, and it's it's already felt like it was a long time ago, just yeah. because we are the conference finals ended so quickly, and now we're in the Cup finals. It's just like, oh boy. And then the drafts at the beginning of October. Yeah, and I think that might be... You know what? I've been seeing a lot of criticism the NHL's getting for this, that there's a back-to-back in the cup final. What does that have anything to do with it? Like, I don't understand why everybody's like, you know, you know, just going crazy over a back-to-back. Every round, every team has played a back-to-back situation. Like, I, I really don't understand it. What's the big deal if it goes, you know, they play one more day? It's not like, you know, they're going to be. Do you honestly think any of these guys, like, look at it like that? You know, like, regardless of what it is, they still have a job to do, you know? So I don't yeah. really understand the whole, you know, like everybody complaining about the uh, about the back to back there. I mean, yeah, it, it is a little odd. I, I, I should say that. But again, it is in between games four and five, right? Yeah, definitely. It's I think it's a Friday Saturday that are the back to back, which is four and five. Right. So that's that's the thing. It's like I don't know if if it's you know it, is it taxing on players. I'm not really sure. Um, you know, if we're gonna complain about a back to back, we should honestly just start to complain about 
the teams where, you know, they go from where literally Tampa had to go one day and then play game one, you know? So I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess what's your thoughts on that? It's a, uh, I honestly don't care. I can understand I why either. people, I, I can understand why people think it's like, not, it's not necessary to have a back to back just because, but like, like you also got to bring in the fact that they're in the same, they're playing in the same arena. They're staying in the same hotel. It's, the they're not coming up too. They're not, they're not, they're not uh, traveling anywhere that these players can handle it. They're, they're professionals. They've done it before. Like we said, in the playoffs in the past few rounds, every team has had to go through a back to back in these playoffs. So it's a, uh, it's what the NHL wants to do. They want to wrap this up quickly. They want to try to focus on getting next season focused and underway and like planned. Like I know that's their like I know their primary focus is right now is awarding the Stanley Cup and having Tampa Bay and Dallas clash out to see who wins it. But like they also got to think about like okay, what's going to happen next season? Like what are we going like the draft and everything that's going to be all virtual? Like how are we going to get the draft settled like and then we just got to focus on when's our starting date for next year going to be? Are we going to be in a bubble? Are we going to have arenas and teams playing in their home arenas? It's just like there's a lot of stuff to figure out right here. And the NHL, they just want the playoffs to be done. They want it to be done. They want the Stanley Cup to be awarded. And they want to go into the offseason so they can figure out all this other stuff. Because it's a lot It's a lot of question marks. It's definitely a lot of question marks right here. And they, they need to think about it. They do. But but I can understand why people think it's unnecessary, but I don't think it's a big deal, if you know what I mean. So yeah, it's uh, I, I don't really it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all. It's really just another night of me that I can watch. <laughs> basically, basically, and uh, one one thing I want to bring up before we end this. So I'm looking at this article right here. Like, uh, have you ever seen like the NHL trade rumors dot com or something like that? Like, I know no, these are all literally just speculation and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's it's talking about Rumors the Islanders. The <laughs> it's it's talking about the Islanders and possibly the ideas of what could happen with Barzell. So, uh, so I'm reading this this paragraph right here on right right now. So it's um, it's like uh, the Islanders have restricted free agents in Matt Barzell, Ryan Pulak, and Devon Taves. The Islanders have seventy two point six million committed in twenty pl- to twenty players next season. Teams might be interested in offer sheeting Matt Barzell. The Islanders and Barzell could look at a two-year bridge deal at around seven million. In normal times, Pulak might have lo- might have been looking for a six million per year deal. So it's a, it's a questionable right now. Then there's UFAs that they're talking about: Matt Marin, Thomas Grice, Andy Green, Tom Kunakel, and Derek Broussard. It's a uh, it's like uh, how can the Islanders improve? Like could they use a top six forward? And then they bring up the ideas of like. Uh, there are potential offseason targets. Like, could they target a guy like Patrick Line, Kyle Parmary, Mike Hoffman? And then it says in the final sentence, Lou Lamorella would have to work some major magic if they wanted to land Taylor Hall or something like that. Wow. And I, I don't see that happening. I don't either. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, you, you take those so with a grain things. of salt. But, like, I'm going to stand, like, I'm going to, like, put that note right there and go what I believe. And I'm going to say... What I, what I think is going to happen. So for, in regards to the Flyers, I'm going to stand to my point. JVR, it, either one of JVR or Ghost won't be playing next year. Maybe it'll be both. Maybe it'll just be one of them. And I, I'm going with the offseason, like, biggest thing that's going to happen. I'm going to say one team is going to offer sheet Matt Barzell, and it's going to put the Islanders in a terrible position. Yeah, I, I mean, happen. I don't know. I mean, there's so many things that can happen with it. I'm I'm, like, so... Just like I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm like dumbfounded. Like, I, I honestly have no idea because I think there's so many teams that could do it, but then again, it's like, do they do it because of the tight cap? I don't know. I really don't know. Because again, if you offer sheet them, you know, if if you're a team that's given an offer sheet, what do you give them? That's maybe there's like. Maybe like necessarily a team doesn't want Barzell. Maybe they're just doing it to try to screw over the Islanders in their cap situation. Maybe that could be a possibility. I know, like with what Montreal did last year, like I, I would assume they wanted Aho on the team, but also at the same time, they kind of screwed over what Carolina wanted to actually give Aho, because I think they want they wanted to go maybe not, not around the eight million mark. They wanted to go a little bit cheaper right there. Maybe they want a little more longer term than just five years, because five years, eight million per season—that's a lot for a short amount of time. And it's a maybe teams do this to maybe screw over the other one. That that could be something too. That that'd be very funny, but like it's it's kind of a low ball too at that point. Yeah, that's but, the thing. I mean, 
are you really going to lowball Matt Barzal? I mean, I would lowball the Islanders. <laughs> 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 hey, man, I'm salty that they beat us in the second round. <laughs> if they lose Matt Barzell, thank that, you. That was the thing. I, I was so happy that they lost because I just wanted them to. Oh, God. I was just so I was so happy when Sorelli scored that. I was like, did he score? Did he score? And I was like, he scored. Yes. I was so <laughs> happy. It's it's just we're just salty Flyers fans right now. It, I don't. It, yeah, you could say I hate the Islanders just because like they got good out of nowhere. Thanks to Barry Trust. I told you I've always hated them. Yeah. Ever since it, I was a kid, I hated them. It's just like I, I like a couple of years ago, like when they were in their like terrible thing. I was like, I feel bad for the Islanders just because they've been so bad for so long. And like now I regret saying that. <laughs> I hate them. I absolutely hate them. I I, but, I don't think there's a worse fan base in the league than the Islanders. Uh, do you? But do you hate the Islanders more than say like a Pittsburgh or the Rangers? No. The cap. Uh, the as I told you, the only time I really hate the Islanders is really when they play the Flyers. Like I, that's how I am with most teams. Like the Capitals, I I really only hate like the only team I hate the most is Pittsburgh. I hate Pittsburgh. When they play the Flyers, I hate Crosby when they play the Flyers. Any other time, I just don't want the Penguins to lose, but I do like Crosby. But with the Capitals, I don't necessarily like hate them, hate them, but I don't like them either. New Jersey, mm-hmm. I can't stand. Um, they're just terrible. Uh, yeah. the, Ra- the Rangers, yeah, I, I don't know. I, nah, I don't really like the Rangers. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm sure there's many teams I could probably say there. I've always, I never liked Carolina. I never did. I don't know why. I just, I can't stand the whole thing they do after after games that they win. Like, woohoo, we won a game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I never really liked uh, the Hurricanes. Um, I, I I don't know. I was never like a big Columbus guy either. I'm just going off gotten the uh, teams in the Metro, but. Um, and really any other team, I don't really mind honestly, I, unless it's a player I legitimately can't stand. Mm, I can see that too. Like I would go off the fact that news yeah, one guy I hate. What I didn't mean to cut you off, Cal yeah, Clutterbuck. I hate that guy. <laughs> I absolutely hate him. I cannot stand him. I I couldn't. You know. You know why I, I hated. I hated him on Minnesota too. Just Jeez. couldn't. I just he's just that guy. I just didn't like. And when I started <laughs> watching hockey, he was on Minnesota and he scored this goal in the playoffs versus uh, Chicago. And he made it like he was this big tough guy when he scored. He did this stupid celebration. I couldn't stand him ever since. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't expect a tangent on Cal Clutterbuck. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I just saw something on my phone a Clutterbuck, and I was like, you know what? I hate this guy. I gotta, I gotta say this right now. <laughs> yeah, but, but I guess of like, like, like right before we end this episode, I guess like teams that I would say I hate, like in terms of like as a Flyers fan. Definitely, yeah, Pittsburgh's definitely the number one. But oh, yeah. over the years, like, of of course, like, in the early years, when the Flyers faced Pittsburgh, I hated Sidney Crosby's guts. But yeah. as, like, Sidney Crosby, like, aged and matured, I came, he's one of the, uh, I, I came to respect him, and he's one of my favorite players in the league. And then on terms of, I think, in terms of teams that I just generally hate and that, that have players I just don't like, I don't like the Devils. Just because the Flyers and the Devils are just notorious, the Flyers are the Devils are just that one team the Flyers notoriously lose to a lot, and that's the one reason why I hate them. The Rangers, the the Rangers, I don't like their fan base. Uh, same thing with the Islanders, I don't like their fan. I don't like the New York fan base in general for any sport. I don't either. And then in terms of like, I think the least hateable team in the Metro Division is either Columbus or Washington. For some. For some reason, I think it's the fact that Alexander Ovechkin is my favorite player ever. And I think that's one of the uh, reasons why I don't hate the Capitals. I just hate them when they play the Flyers. Yeah. And uh, if like if they don't play the Flyers in the playoffs or like the Flyers don't make the playoffs in the Capitals advance, I root for the Capitals to win the Cup every single time. And yet again, those, uh, those other times lead the misery except for the 2018 season when they actually won it. And I cried when Ovechkin left the Cup finally. Did you? Yes, I, I, I shed tears. I shed yeah. tears when Ovechkin won the cup. <laughs> That's Just understandable. Because... I mean, I the only other time I cried when another team won was when Teamanen won in 15 with Chicago. I wanted them to win so bad because Teamanen was one of my favorite players. And the day before the one game where he was actually supposed to come back and play, the Flyers traded him that night. <laughs> so I was 
devastated. I was crying like a baby on the car ride home that night. Um, because I was actually at an autograph signing that night for I think it was Zach Ronaldo. And oh God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was at the autograph signing. I and my dad sent me and I, I literally was bawling my eyes out. But one thing I wanted to mention here before this uh, the end of the episode. I got a crazy NHL fact for you, which is actually pretty cool. So the last time that there was a Stanley Cup final without a teammate of Yara Mariager, it was in 1980 between the Flyers and Islanders. That's crazy, isn't it? With, so 1980. Without a teammate of Yara Mariager? Without a teammate of Yager, yep. That is a very odd stat. <laughs> yeah. And then there's one of... If Gretzky came out of retirement, it would have taken him 17 straight seasons of not scoring a single point for him to not be a career point-per-game player. Jeez. And then a... there's many more, too. Like, uh, it took over 20 years for someone other than Gretzky, Lemieux, or Yager to win the Art Ross starting in 1980. Jeez. <laughs> there's just so many things that I, I saw. I actually saw it on this Instagram post, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then I was like, oh, this is definitely something I want to read. So I, that was just <laughs> one thing I wanted to end this uh, this episode with. Um, there's your, yeah. there's your uh, NHL fact of the night right there. <laughs> so uh, that's definitely going to wrap up this episode of the Fire Podcast. Jeez, we're on an hour so far. So, yeah, I think this is the perfect time to wrap up this episode. So uh, some important news that went around the NHL and the Flyers news. Albie Kubel signs to his two-year extension. That's good right there. There's a bunch of Flyers rumors out there. Right now, take that with a grain of salt. If JVR goes get traded, right, just take that with a grain of salt. The Stanley Cup Finals, they're entertaining as ever. We have Game 2 tomorrow night between Dallas and Tampa Bay. So let's see if Dallas can push it to two games to nothing or if Tampa Bay ties that series at one game apiece. So, and also for Philadelphia fans, I know you're miserable today just because of what happened with the Eagles. I feel you. I'm the same yeah, way. Boo-hoo. <laughs> Cry me hey. Yeah, Chris. Chris is a for all you Eagles fans out there. Chris is a hater of the Eagles. So, uh, that's I'm not I'm a with. hater of the Eagles. I just don't like the Eagles, and I'm sometimes happy when they lose. That is a hater right there. So I'm that's gonna leave. not a hater. That's a dislike. <laughs> I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave it on that note right there. <laughs> so thank you for listening to this episode of the Florida Podcast. I'm your host Amadeo Garcia. That is the Eagle hater Chris Mayer, and we will see you. <laughs> Next time on the Fired Up Podcast. You forgot to mention that this was the Ovechkin lover, Amadeo Garcia.